Do you want to just start it again so it starts at the beginning? Okay. I don't know how to get it to start at the beginning. I thought by me switching this, it would start at the beginning. Huh. Is there a rewind button? Do you have to like hold the button down or something? Start at the beginning again. Let me. You know what? I better start another one. one. I do it. I do another one. What the heck just happened? This is probably gonna. It's like auto tune. <laughs> no. No. Uh, well. What <coughs> Hello, my precious. <laughs> so we got voice, voice uh, transformations. <laughs> What? 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 Oh, check it. Just gonna stop it right there and see what happens. All right, man, your voice sounds cool. Now we need to make mine sound really, really high. I don't know how to do Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast. That's what you come in. Our intro oh thing, gosh. our intro thing, right? Podcast shouldn't supplement, shouldn't, shouldn't replace your da, 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 do it in that voice. <laughs> what did you do podcast? A ministry of Marcus Boyd oh Baptist Church. That sounded really satanic. <laughs> That's why it'd be a good intro. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna, oh, I'm just gonna, we're gonna start the podcast here. I don't know how to push it back to the beginning, but uh, or the music. Okay, but, but we're gonna. Well, let's just let's, let's just act like it, and then he can just splice it yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Oh no! Like like don't don't even do the music. We'll just start talking oh, as okay. if it's playing. Okay. And then he can just splice it in. All right. Sounds good. We'll okay. do that. Hey Josh, here we are. Hey Destry, it's yeah, man. It's Friday. Friday. Yeah. I had a, I had a doctor's appointment this morning. Yep. That's why we're starting a little bit late for yep. those of you who, you know, are checking your watch, thinking, right. man, this guy is. These, these people are late today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Destry's fault. Uh, yeah, it's my fault. I had a cardiology appointment. I had a, a, a heart deal a couple years ago, so I have to get checked every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I got there in time, you know, 1030, and I get there. It's a new hospital, by the way. Pensacola has a brand new hospital. Yeah. And it's one of those, uh, all the latest technology that I know. I mean, you know, technology you may not have ever heard of. So, for example, you go to the elevator, you push a button in the elevator prompts you verbally and visually one to go one of two ways to one of the three elevators proceed to the left g3 and that's the name of the elevator and you get inside and you don't have to push the button it knows where you're going to go really so you go up yeah i don't i haven't spent enough time to figure out or to try to even figure out how that that works like what happens if two people get in whatever so, I'm you know pretty impressed. Everything's clean. It's pretty. Yeah. It's neat being in a nice place, <clears throat> brand new place. Whether it's a coffee shop or a hospital, whatever it doesn't matter. Office building. 
So I, I go up to the third floor, che- I checked in online, which is fantastic, by the way. They uh-huh. send you a text, hey, Destry, it's time to check in. And I got that two days ago, checked in last night. Uh, so it's like the airplane or the airport. Yeah, yeah, you can check in. Did so, you have to like uh, pay extra for bags or anything? No, no, okay. I didn't. No, I didn't bring any. I carried everything with me. So gotcha. Good. So, uh, so it's really easy to check in. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you've already checked in, I'm here. Good, sit down. Okay, so I'm sitting down. Ten thirty comes. Ten thirty goes. My appointment's at ten thirty. Ten forty five comes. Ten forty five goes. I'm sitting here waiting, and, and I know you're waiting to hear from me. <laughs> so they haven't fixed that part yet. No, haven't fixed that part. <laughs> you're waiting to hear from me. Any other day, I'm usually pretty laid back. I, I know, right? In my mind, if a doctor is late, it's because they're spending more time with the patients, and I want them to spend time with me. So I'm, I'm not right. uptight about it. But whenever somebody's waiting for me, and we have a timetable, I, I get get a little tight. Uh, so, um, so eleven comes. Eleven goes. <laughs> Nobody is coming out to say anything to me. By the way, the five people that I was sitting around, they're already back. They're yeah. already called. You know what I mean? <laughs> people are arriving twenty minutes after I get there, and they're already back. Mm-hmm. And I'm, oh, well, you know, okay. This what's what's going what's going on? So, uh, the the lady behind the counter, she gets up and she leaves. So I have nobody, you know, nobody to check in with now. She's on a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an RN comes out, a, a, a male nurse comes out and looks around and says, sir, can I help you? And I said, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, Josh, I don't know how my attitude is until my mouth opens. You know what I mean? I can think, I'm going to be, not, yes, you can help me. It's a, <laughs> I have an appointment at 1030. Nobody has said anything to me. Mm-hmm. It is quarter after uh, 11. Right. And I said, what's going on? He said, well, hold, hold on a minute. Let me go check. <laughs> and he came back out. He said, well, sir, your appointment's at 1.30. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> did you show him the text? <laughs> I did. My appointment's at 1.30. The elevator told me to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it knew. <laughs> Let me back up for a minute. Whenever I realized my attitude was a little <laughs> off kilter, I realized, Destry, you're talking to the only person who cared enough to say anything to mm-hmm. you. And that is exactly what I told him. I said, sorry, you're the only person who cared enough to say anything to me. And I, I said, what's your name? And I shook his hand. I said, thank you for checking in with me. Because, you know, <laughs> right. I don't want to be that, you know. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, a lot of times that means more to someone than just starting off, you know, pleasant to begin with. When, yeah. you, when you're, like, visibly frustrated and mm-hmm. you check yourself and, and, you know, tell that guy, like, you're the man. Yeah, I you like are you. the man. Dude, you're the man. You found out everything I needed to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? The lady behind the counter, she just left. She just died. Right. I mean, I've been sitting here for 45 <laughs> minutes. She just yeah. left. Nobody. Anyway, so coming to find out my appointment was at 1.30. It wasn't 10.30. Okay. So I was I was absolutely wrong. And that all, that's also good that you that you kind of checked yourself because if you yeah. go through all that and you yeah. like raise a stink and then, yep. then all, all of a sudden everybody realizes oh no you're just dumb it, it was <laughs> it was still it was just him and I that was yeah. left but it was still humiliating but I was thankful right and and I'm trying and I'm I'm gleaning some some uh, uh, lessons here and I and I want our listeners to hear this <laughs> that as bright as you think you are. You know what I mean? I felt right. vindicated. I was like, 45 minutes and nobody has checked. Now, that's just, I'd never, what I said was true and how my attitude was was true. But yeah. you're right. I did check it 
just because, hey, Destry, you're still representing Christ. Right. You know what I mean? Be frustrated, but just, but don't take it out on him. You know, yeah. just check yourself. It's okay to be upset. Be factual, you know, as you see it, be factual right. and, and just get to, get to business. And this guy, uh, Rodney was his name. Uh, he got, he found out everything I needed to find out within 30 seconds. And I did say, why hasn't somebody checked with me before now? Mm-hmm. You know, because I did feel vindicated to say, I've been out here for 45 minutes. Right. If my appointment's at 1.30, why didn't somebody? And then I thought, well, Destry, you're trying to blame somebody. I didn't know. I was conflicted. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was I was conflicted. <laughs> Maybe on, everyone just thought, man, this guy's really this guy punctual. Really <laughs> what, what got me was... He showed was, up three hours yeah, early. Man, for, man, this guy's on the ball. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're thinking, man. man. (laughs) The overall sensation that I feel about this is humiliation. Right. Really. I just felt, Destry, this is nobody's fault but your own. The text even said 1.30. In my mind. Your brain answered as a zero. My brain answered. That's exactly what it did. I was convinced. It's in my calendar as as 10.30. It's, Mm -hmm. It's everything that I have to keep me up to date. It's it's the wrong you know right it, anyway so but my wife often criticizes me for for similar things like if my if my brain thinks something is true mm-hmm. even in the uh, even in the presence of evidence to the contrary my mm-hmm. brain will just default to what it already thinks is true to be yeah. true and yeah. uh, it frustrates her you know it frustrates me too yeah but uh, <laughs> yeah it's, I, I think that's just like our, our brain will grab onto something it's a it's a it's a type of prejudice I guess mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know but it was, you know, listen, many things like that happen and have ha- has happened in my life. It bothers me when it affects other people. Right. I can get over it just my missing a movie or something like that. It happens yeah. more than I'd like to say. But when it affects other people and, quite frankly, when other people see me messing up like that, it, it, it humiliates me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, I know it'll happen again. Right. It will happen again. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, so I'm learning to, even in the face of what I think is evidence, you got to keep that, you know, you got to, you got to be humble, but be factual as, right. far, as far as you know, my appointment's at 1030. What's going on? Now that's okay. <laughs> no, sir. Your appointment's at 130. Oh, okay. Okay. My mistake. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It's so much easier to us to, to leave that situation right. than it is going out of your mind. Because you're really, really showing the frustration that's in your heart and in your head, showing that, and then having to go, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I found my. I was thankful that I cold myself and I shook his hand and I th- thanked him. And anyway, that's the way my my, well, my day started. I, I was actually uh, uh, happy to have the additional time um, okay, because good. you know that. What we're going to be talking about today, the, the deep dive we're going into, is mm. so much there. And yeah. I've been, like, ever since Sunday, I've been trying to think, like, how can we how can we fit all of this in in a, in a, a single podcast episode? So, mm-hmm. like, working on my notes all the way up until I was in the parking lot, okay. you know, waiting to yeah. come in. Like, right. 
It's yeah. Well, I was thankful for the for for the additional time. So well, the, the, what <laughs> thumbs I was, up for me. <laughs> thumbs up for you, and you're welcome. What, that was what, your intent the whole time, right? right? While I was waiting in a brand new waiting room with a very comfortable chair and a lot of good light and places to plug in your electronics and everything. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a brand new hospital. Yeah, I was watching the sermon again. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I I was really I was good for. I was good for a half, 20 minutes. I was okay for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm like, man. Man, know. that would have been even worse if you ripped into the guy. You go right no, from I, watching a I sermon know. to ripping into the guy. Like, I am not going to that church. <laughs> Come see us at Marcus Point sometime. <laughs> well, Everybody I, here are idiots. Come to church. <laughs> Bless you. Um, I, I do intentionally wear something every day that represents... Christ or Marcus Point, mm-hmm. to, to and it is in in large part to to keep me in check, right? I, I, and I'm wearing a hat. I mean, I, it it's a very it just says redeemed on it. It's my favorite hat. It's got a big cross on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see me with a big redeemed hat on, <laughs> laid into this guy. That's that's no that's no way to be, man. See, I, I, no I, I have be. the. Uh, I always joke with people like, I I want to put the Darwin fish on the back of my car, so when I cut someone off, it makes them yeah, look bad. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you told me that years ago. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> anyway, Josh, you know what? I agree. Th- there's so much to to, to dive into, mm-hmm. but, and I'm just going to ask you a, a simple rhetorical question for now why church what what is the deal is it is it a tradition i think we can say yeah well some people this is tradition there's a lot of traditional elements in it but Mm -hmm. at its core it's not right right it's it's really uh, i don't want to see it's really like anything in your life that you're trying to um persuade other people or to uh, share with other people uh, a business um, that you're trying to get started, um, a club that you're trying to get started. You want there needs to be a central location of something. Mm-hmm. There's something central where there's a central communication point, a place to meet. Uh, more now than ever, uh, it, it can be an electronic place. Mm-hmm. But with church, from day one, people were meeting, and you know what I mean. Right. That, that yeah. there was a central location called a church well for for a lot of people church you know going to church on sunday or you know whatever has become tradition for them Mm -hmm. and 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 that's kind of like the the one of the reasons for this deep dive right is in in cases like this where for a lot of people it is tradition for them we like to go in and talk about well where did that tradition what is that tradition founded on yeah, right yeah. because mm-hmm. ultimately we can't base our base our core beliefs on you know this is just what everybody i know has done uh, ultimately mm-hmm. we want to base it on scripture right and that's the purpose of this deep dive podcast yeah. is yeah. we like to take the sermons uh, on sunday morning and go deep right and uh, and and do do things with the topics that we don't necessarily have the time to do in a 30 to 45 minute sermon on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, but we have a little bit uh, more flexibility to explore those on a long format thing like this. Yep. Yep. Sure. That's exactly why and we this do this This one goes podcast. deep. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. We'll get started here in a second. But Josh, I always, I, I, I've always chuckled 
or I frequently chuckle at um, some of my friends over the years that uh, that um, are not necessarily going to church mm-hmm. whenever they say, I don't believe in organized religion. Mm-hmm. And at the risk of sounding judgmental, I just think that's a really idiotic statement. I, right. Because the, the opposite uh, means, well, I, I do believe in disorganized religion. I, 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 this is what I said to the last person who told me that. I said, well, okay, but just so what you're saying is not, I just don't want to get up on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just left it at that. And I could tell by the reaction that at least it it's, it sparked a thought. Right. You know, if, if we're going to, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not there to debate you on this, um, but just think about it. Yeah. Is, is that is that the reason, or is it because you really don't? And how right. did you come to that uh, that conclusion? I'd like to, to know what that is. I, I often find that when people do make statements like that, they still go to go to work at you know from nine to five every day. It's <laughs> true. You know, that, it's not that they're opposed to getting up early and going to a central meeting place where they, right. uh, you know, quote unquote, fellowship with other people yeah. under a, a common, yeah. a common goal. It's just that eh, Sunday, you know, yeah. I, know uh, I don't, hey, I don't like organized religion. I, I, I must confess that one of the last people that told me that was a really good friend of mine, and I, I said, hey man, do me a favor, don't say that to anybody else because it makes you sound like an idiot. <laughs> Those are the exact words that I used. <laughs> then you invite him to church. <laughs> We're close enough friends to where I could say right. that and continue a conversation. It wasn't going to be the last time we talked. It was, certainly wasn't the first time we talked. You right. know what I mean? And, and he said, well, no, I wouldn't say that to anybody. I'll just say that to you because we have these open conversations. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but anyway. Well, We're not advising that that your, be your default response. Please, no. That's the wrong thing to say. I don't believe an organized idiot. <laughs> That's the wrong thing to say. But we had built up to that right. conversation over years and years and years. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Years and years. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, too, because, I mean, there, there's there's so much that can be unpacked in that statement. Um, not Not the statement about... You know, you're an idiot, but mm-hmm. this <laughs> <That pretty laughs> much speaks for itself. <laughs> right. No, no unpacking needed. Yeah, right. But you know the <laughs> the the concept of not being interested in an organized religion. I mean, there's so much to unpack in that statement. Uh, you know, we don't call biblical Christianity a religion. It's it's right. it's based on a relationship we have with our Creator. Yeah. And you know, if if you want to call it organized, you know, there's there's Plenty of ways to to unpack that in Scripture about uh, you know our our approach to God. Uh, you know, God has preferences on how we approach Him. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But to call to call what we do on Sundays an organized religion isn't isn't quite fair mm. um, because what we do on Sundays, yes, we have to agree that we're gonna do what we do at a certain time just so that we're all that we all show up at the same time and you know yeah. there's a, a plan and action but that's not the same as saying what we're doing is an is a quote-unquote organized religion it's not the same thing how so talk talk about that a little bit, a little <coughs> bit. what's uh okay well let's 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 start with um what uh, what what pastor started with? He started with a, a verse in, in Matthew sixteen eighteen, 
And uh, he, he, that verse, is, Jesus is talking to Peter, says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not pre- prevail against it. My goodness, how mm-hmm. much depth is there? And we're going to kind of get into this because <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16, uh, this is one verse that's picked out as as a point of focus going into this concept of why church, but there's so much context behind this that really develops this idea so, so much. So uh, earlier in this chapter, and, and even the chapter before it, um, <clears throat> we actually dealt with uh, the the precursor to this in a uh, in a sermon that uh, was in the generosity series, right? Mm-hmm. The feeding of the five thousand, all that stuff. Right. Well, in this chapter, <clears throat> the the Pharisees, you know, they they constantly doubted uh, who Jesus was, and they came up to him and said, "Okay, give us a sign." Mm-hmm. And that, that's how the Matthew 16 started out. It says, the Pharisees, also with the Sadducees, came and tempting, desired him uh, and, and that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, <clears throat> when it's evening, you say, it's fair weather, the, uh, the sky is red. In the morning, uh, it, it'll be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. You hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. So what, what Jesus is referring to here, you know, he's talking to the religious elite. So if, <laughs> he was talking to or the, the leaders of organized religion. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and <clears throat> he was telling them, like, you have all this knowledge uh, of, uh, of, of Scripture, the Old Testament. You, you're the ones that are regarded as the experts when it comes to what the Old Testament says and what what all that means. He's like, you know, for example, let, let's kind of break this down. He's like, any normal person, they look out at the sky in the morning and they look at how the sky is and they, they can determine whether or not it's going to be fair weather or, or bad weather just by looking at the sky. He's like... Mm-hmm. But you guys, you have the entire body of Scripture up until this point, and yet you can't even look at that and realize who I am. And, and it, was, it was an excoriation uh, of, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees at that time, because uh, he, he finished that thought by saying, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And this, this is verse 4 of Matthew chapter 16. It says, a, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. So, in other words, you already have way more signs than you need. Like, if, mm-hmm. if, if you can judge the weather by looking at the skies, you have way more information that, than you need to judge who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, think, think, think about the sign of Jonah. And then he left. Well, what was the sign of Jonah? I mean, here again, he's referring back to the Old Testament mm-hmm. and, and the the account of Jonah. We all know that because we've all seen Veggie Tales, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> there is one of the enemies of Israel, the the city of Nineveh. Actually, Nineveh was not just 
any old enemy of Israel. It was like the enemy of Israel. Uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, was conquered by the Assyrian Empire. Nineveh was its capital. Okay. People so. that were the the enemies of God. Well, Israel often struggled with their relationship with God. They they were continuously rejecting God and seeking after the the, the pagan deities of the nation around them, and 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 God time and time again would would address that with Israel. He would send prophets to Israel that says like like you know change your change your ways or judgment's going to come and they didn't change their ways and so judgment came and then when they realized judgment came then they changed their ways and God would miraculously deliver them and then a little time would go by and they'd start to to repeat that cycle yeah. again right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so God tells Jonah go to Nineveh tell them they need to change their ways or destruction's going to come. And so he does that. I mean, Jonah didn't like that idea because Assyria, you know, Nineveh is the the enemy of Israel. But he did it anyway, half-heartedly told told Nineveh, change your ways or destruction's going to come. Boom, Nineveh did it. Mm. They're like, oh my goodness, we need to change our ways or destruction's going to come. And they instantly Mm. changed their ways and destruction was, was held off. Now, we know from history and, and from the Old Testament, you know, a generation or so went by, and Nineveh went back to their ways and yeah. got destroyed. But <clears throat> it was it was a a criticism of Israel. Like, look, the the people that you call the most evil in the world, one guy goes to them, mm-hmm. says, "Change your ways, destruction can come," and they did it. Mm-hmm. How yeah. often have we have have has a prophet come to Israel? How often has God directly dealt with Israel? And they haven't they haven't turned from their wicked ways. It was mm. it was that type of thing. So that that's the context of the message of Jonah. But on his way to Nineveh, we have this uh, this symbolism that was set up in the life of Jonah, right? Because he's uh, he's on the ship to Nineveh. Or no, he's on the ship away from you know trying to trying to run away from Nineveh, mm-hmm. and it, it it finally dawns on him. No, he he he's been told to go to Nineveh. He's going the wrong direction. He has a change of heart. He decides he's going to obey God. And he says, "Okay, throw me off the ship, right?" Because uh, this this miraculous storm came, and the the ship that he was on trying to go the opposite direction from Nineveh. You know, everyone was going to die. They're throwing off their their cargo. They're trying to to you know keep afloat. And, and Jonah has a change of heart and tells him, "Okay, no. The reason the storm comes is is because I'm running from God. I need to stop doing that. So, God, I'm I'm going to do what you say. Mm-hmm. Guys, throw me off the ship. And we know we we know that part of the the yeah. this account because right. he gets thrown off the ship the great fish comes swallows mm-hmm. him he's he's in the depths of the ocean for 3 days and then 3 days later he shows mm-hmm. up miraculously on shore and so mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's kind of an interesting pattern that's set up because uh, the guy coming with the gospel message uh, spends three days in the depths, uh, quote-unquote dead, and shows up miraculously and proclaim, proclaims the, the message of salvation. There again, three right? days, yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what Jesus is referring to. He's like, uh, you wicked, adulterous generation, a wicked, adulterous generation seeks after a sign. There shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. So what was Jesus saying? It's like, there's going to come a point. You're going to see a sign. 
the guy with the message is gonna is gonna go away for three days and is gonna show up again miraculously, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's gonna be the same 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 message that Jonah brought, right? And so, as they're as they're going through, this is Matthew chapter sixteen again. He left them and departed. And when the disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. And Jesus said unto them, "Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees." In other words, be careful you don't follow in that same uh, that that same uh, mistake that the Sadducees and the Pharisees are coming. So, mm-hmm. throughout the rest of sixteen uh, chapter sixteen, there. They're exploring this idea more, and and it comes to uh, uh, verse fourteen, uh, verse thirteen. Sorry, uh, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" And they said, "Well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets." And he said unto them, "But who do you say that I am?" And that's when Simon Peter, uh, he, he perked up, and he said, uh, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, you know, the Pharisees were like, prove it. Mm-hmm. Show <laughs> us a sign. Then maybe we'll believe that you are who you say you are. He asked Peter, and Peter says, No, you are the Son of the li- you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, And blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, we we look at that and we're like, okay, Simon Barjona, you know, his dad was probably named Jonah uh, and all this stuff. I, I think Jesus was kind of using that conveniently as sort of... Not just referring to, okay, Simon, son of Jonah, but I think he was also referring back to that message of Jonah, saying, Simon, in the same vein as as that message of Jonah, this is the concept on which I'm going to build the church, that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. And so that idea was the foundation of the church. But that idea, just like his criticism of the Pharisees, that's not a new idea. That's a very, very old idea that goes all the way back to Genesis 1. And that's why this this concept of church is such a deep, deep idea that I struggled to, like, how are we going to fit this all into into a single episode podcast? Because we really have to go back to Genesis 1 and explore Mm -hmm. where this idea has its foundations. Yeah, right. And so, keeping that in the back of our mind, that, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, uh, and, and it's on that concept that the church is built, we have to go back and, and look at Genesis 1. The book of Genesis, uh, when, when we think of that, about the book of Genesis from Israel's perspective, we've talked about this before, <clears throat> Israel is standing at the base of Mount Sinai. They just got delivered from Egypt, and, right. and Moses is on the, on the mountain, and, and God is, is giving him the Ten Commandments, the law, giving them the specifications of the tabernacle, and Moses comes down and starts to, uh, and starts to, to, to give this to God's chosen people, the nation mm-hmm. of Israel. And so the next thing they start doing is they start building the tabernacle and, and hot off the presses is the narrative in Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, you know, all that stuff. The, the, the narrative of Genesis is 
fresh in their mind as well, because they're building the tabernacle, the place where the presence of God dwells. Uh, you know, in the the structure of the tabernacle is there's this outer court uh, where the um, well, there, there's the camp of Israel, which God tells them there's a specific way they're supposed to camp. Right. There's the outer court of the tabernacle that has, uh, or the, uh, the most of the sacrifices are, are are done. There's the the inner court of the tabernacle, which is called the holy place, uh, where you have like the uh, the candlesticks, the table of showbread. This is where the you know you you start to get like as you get deeper into this structure you're going to you're getting into holier and holier and holier mm-hmm. places until eventually you get to the very inside of the tabernacle the most holy place the holy of holies that's where the the ark of the covenant the mercy yeah. seat is that's where the presence of god dwells right. Right. and that's where man is not allowed to go except mm-hmm. for one specific time the high priest goes in there and offers that that sacrifice of atonement for the for the nation of israel and, and 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 God describes all of this with much of the same language that He describes the Garden of Eden in in the creation account in Genesis one. So, when we're looking at the tabernacle, there's uh, that that innermost holy place where the presence of God dwells. The high priest goes in once a year, and that's where he fellowships. Uh, that's that's where man and the presence of God occupy the same space, mm-hmm. and 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 that's where sin is dealt with, right? And mm-hmm. and even when we when we look at at the garden, as God's going through the creation narrative, He's setting up the universe as His temple. Um, he's mm-hmm. He's describing this the structure of the universe in much the same way that He describes the structure of the tabernacle. Okay. Uh, there's the universe. There's the earth. There's a garden, and then. Uh, and then, or there's Eden, and then there's within within Eden uh, this central garden, and in that garden, that's where man fellowships with God, and that's where also man fellowships with each other in the presence of God. The first you, church, right? You have Adam and Eve. Uh, you, you know, just like in the tabernacle, uh, God tells the priests that their job is to tend to the tabernacle. In the gar- in in the Garden of Eden, He yeah. tells man that your job is to tend to the garden. Hmm. And in in this garden is where man fellowships with e- with each other, man fellowships with God. When you have the law given, the law is separated into man's relationship with God and man's relationship with man. Yeah. In the tabernacle, you have man fellowshipping with God, but man fellowshipping with man as well, and <clears throat> in, in in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so. As that as that analogy moves forward through the Old Testament, you have the tabernacle being uh, replaced with a more permanent structure, the the temple. And uh, as as that moves into the New Testament, you have. Uh, and, and what's interesting too is like when when uh, when man first rebels against God, he's kicked out of that that garden. And what's put at the gate of the garden to cherubim to guard that uh, to, to guard that passageway. Mm-hmm. So man is no longer given access to uh, uh, to the to the presence of God anymore. In the tabernacle, that veil that separates the most holy place where the presence of God dwells from the rest of creation, in that veil is woven the image of those of those cherubim. Mm-hmm. So here again that that same symbolism of the garden. In fact, woven into the tapestries of the tabernacle are all of these garden elements oh, and things like that. So it's okay. it's setting up this analogy once again that that 
man is designed to fellowship with God. Man is designed to fellowship with each other mm-hmm. within the context of God's presence. Mm-hmm. But but sin has interrupted that that ideal standard, right? right? Okay. And so <clears throat> as we as we you know go through the Old Testament and, and and transition into the New Testament, we come to the book of Hebrews. And 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 Hebrews tells us about this thing called Christ, <laughs> uh, the, the, the identity of Christ. And, and it, the author of Hebrews does it in a very, uh, a very methodical way. He, he hearkens back to the Old Testament and says, you know, in the Old Testament, God communicated uh, through, through messengers and prophets. Christ is superior to that. In the Old Testament, we had uh, uh, we had a tabernacle. Well, well, actually, in the Old Testament, we had Moses and Joshua. And God communicated uh, through through them, and and we had that leadership component in the nation of Israel. Christ is superior to that. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, we had a priesthood through the through the Levites. We also had another priesthood uh, through this guy named Melchizedek in, in Genesis. Christ is superior to all that, and said, uh, "We also had a tabernacle and a temple, and you know everything that was related. Christ is superior to that, mm. and so it sets up that Christ is superior." Now, keep in the back of your mind Matthew sixteen, where we first started this whole discussion, right? Mm-hmm. On this rock will I build my church. The this idea that uh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Hebrews tells us that. Uh, that that there is a new temple, and and Christ and the the presence of God no longer dwells in a building; mm-hmm. uh, it dwells in us. Mm-hmm. That that's that that's the miracle of the New Testament, right? When when Christ took our sacrifice for uh, made that sacrifice for us, uh, and Hebrews even says that this was a sacrifice once for all, and there remains no sacrifice for sin because mm-hmm. Christ was that perfect sacrifice, and, and and took our punishment for sin. So now Christ Christ dwells in us, and we even talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago in one of the other episodes uh, in in the series on generosity. Uh, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Mm-hmm. It's that same idea. Well, this the same Peter that Jesus was talking to in Matthew uh, 16 in the book that Peter wrote. He said that we are now living stones. We are now temples that house the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so, looking back at that pattern over and over again, we are designed for fellowship. We are designed, well, something that even goes deeper than fellowship, we're, we're designed for relationship. Mm-hmm. We're designed for a relationship with each other. We're designed for a relationship with God, and we're designed to have those two elements happen simultaneously. Mm-hmm. We're, we're designed to fellowship with each other in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at church now, yes, there's a lot of tradition and stuff associated with you know, do do we meet at uh, at nine forty five or ten forty five? Do we have two services? Do we do Sunday morning, Sunday night? Do we mm-hmm. do Wednesday night? You know, there's a lot of like organizational stuff yeah. that that makes it convenient for most of us to uh, to, to meet together at a central right. time and place. Mm-hmm. But the underlying uh, 
uh, idea behind all of that is that we were designed for fellowship. We're designed for fellowship with each other. We're designed for fellowship with God. And that's the mechanism of church is facilitating that design aspect of our, it's just the, the fundamental aspect of our DNA right. is that we need that component in our lives. And, and God wants that component in our lives. Sure. And so that's, that's why we have church. Josh, did you just, could we just, the last 20 minutes or last 10 minutes, could we have uh, described that in and of itself as the um, evolution of the Holy Spirit? Oh, in a lot of ways, yes. I mean, yeah. it, it sounds to me, it, it, it just sounded to me like that's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, that's how the Holy Spirit came into us, mm-hmm. you know, it, it started as an essence in in. in I love the topic of the Holy Spirit. It just mm-hmm. gets me excited every time I think. I don't start dancing around and shaking and stuff like that. I've never done that. Right. I find that interesting on some of the videos that I see. I'm not. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying that right. I find entertainment in that. Um, I've never done that. But the Holy Spirit. You you can sense the Holy Spirit in Marcus Point Baptist Church whenever you're there. Mm-hmm. But that's not where necessarily lives either he lives in us right. where we are we just happen to be there all together at the same time because yeah. the human said this is a good thing to do well one, one of the this time. One, one of the key points that hebrews made too is you know in in the religion of judaism uh mm-hmm. in in the old testament law the tabernacle was necessary to to keep the law the, ta- the temple okay. was necessary to keep the law because you couldn't just go do the sacrifices anywhere. Okay. They right. had to be done at the tabernacle. They had mm-hmm. to be done at mm-hmm. the temple. They had to be done by the priest. They had to be done, you know, a certain way. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we use the word fungible a, lo- a lot of times. Like mm-hmm. um, if, if I were to, if you were to sell me one of your cameras mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, a hundred bucks, I yeah. could give you uh any $100 bill that exists, right. and all of them would be deemed equal mm-hmm. uh, in, in their value for payment of that camera, because yeah. the, the $100 bills are fungible. I can use any $100 bill okay. to pay for that camera. Yeah. The temple was not fungible. You couldn't use any building to be the temple. No it had to be, yeah, it had to be that temple. Mm-hmm. That's the temple that was referred to in the law. If you wanted to be in conformance with the law, you had to do at that temple. Okay. A church building is entirely different mm-hmm. because the, 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 the building, the physical structure that we associate with the name church or the name Marcus Point Baptist Church, whatever, that's fungible. We can go to any building mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah. Um, actually, we are doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're building uh, in Pace and in uh, uh, Molino mm-hmm. and Navarre because the, the building itself is fungible. Yes. Uh, right. Because uh, the, the, the point of Hebrews was those pointed to something that was more meaningful, and we have the more meaningful now. Mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. Is, is the head of the church, and he dwells in us. So we are now... Uh, we now feel that aspect mm, um, mm. where a, a building used to. Wow, that's pretty strong. That's a, I think that's a good explanation. You know, uh, it's hard to have that conversation <coughs> with somebody in, in two minutes. Yes, you know what I mean. It, it, <laughs> and it it's hard to fit all that in <laughs> in, in, in one episode because <laughs> there's so much depth there uh, that we could explore further. The 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 uh, role of the priests, how we're how yeah. we're now. Uh, a, a priesthood, how Christ is not just a priest after the order of the, of the Levites, but mm-hmm. he's a priest. Uh, he's a, a a priest and a king. There's so much stuff right. there that this could go on for 
so long. I almost wanted to text Pastor. I'm like, are you going to hold on this for, for a few weeks, or are you going to something else next week? <laughs> I, th- I think I'm thinking of how to break it all down. That the next time some that I have this conversation, you know, not necessarily eleva- elevator speech, but mm-hmm. in a five minute conversation, I think I think what I'm going to do is just say, you know, look. The research is there. Mm-hmm. This isn't a new concept. It's not right. a human concept. It, it's it, it's always been that way. And for you to say that you don't believe in organized religion, um, it's not. That's not biblical. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no man is an island entire of himself. There you go. Good. <laughs> We're designed for fellowship with each other and for God. We are. <laughs> we are. And some people like it more than others. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That that fellowship part. It, it freaks some people out. Right. You know. And, and there's. I mean, we're not here to talk about mental illness and things like that, mm-hmm. that, that that somebody has come to in their life where they have so, uh, social anxiety. We're not right. here to talk about that on this mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, it, it's, a val- it's a valid conversation. Yeah. It, it is. And I, and well, well, fellowship also doesn't uh, occur once you reach a certain threshold of, num- of, of people. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, fellowship, that's right. fellowship in this context, you know, like, like the, the Bible says, where, where two or more mm-hmm. are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. Yeah. Um, it, it even in our church, there's a uh, this concept of church. Yes, it happens on Sunday morning with you know several hundred people in a large room, mm-hmm. but it also happens every day of the week when when small groups of people get right. together That's right. and have a, a Bible study in their house, or two people meet together to yep. you know uh, you know to do a, a podcast right. or you know whatever mm-hmm. like that. That concept of fellowship and that context, that concept of church, um, like I said, there is the structure in which it happens is fungible. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and, and yeah. there's no threshold of well, if you've you you don't meet the requirement of church if you have at least you know right thirty people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and you know, three songs and a yeah. sermon with two points, and it's alliterated. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And now, Pastor Godfrey did bring up a good point. I'm glad he did too. That I agree with. Um, uh, he, he he has witnessed people whenever they stop over his career as a pastor. He's seen it time and time again, and it just makes human sense whenever you stop attending a gathering, a church. Mm-hmm. The chances are higher that you will quote backslide. Right. That's just the humanistic part of us, I mm-hmm. think. Right. Just not just uh, uh, we miss one Sunday. You know what I mean? And, and uh, it's 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 difficult to second Sunday. It's more right. difficult to second Sunday to get here. That's just part of our our schedule. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but for me, I I, I need it. I look, gosh, Josh, I look forward to it. I do, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that that's my attitude, that I look forward to Sunday morning, to coming in and seeing everybody and da-da-da. You know what I mean? It's not a burden. It's Well, it it goes back to, you know, there's something in us that, that, that was designed for fellowship. Yeah. And, uh, you know... You can go to you know, um, you know, iron sharpens iron. That verse in Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. or you can you know go to all any, any of these concepts. But you know, fundamentally, there there needs to be an element where it's not just us by ourselves. Yeah, you know, be, yeah. because we we suffer as a result of. It. In fact, uh, I, I kind of a shout out to the one of the other podcasts, the Pour Over Podcast. Their mm-hmm. most recent episode, they were talking about. Um, uh, uh, 
indicators of depression and stuff. Okay, and you know, good. one of the indicators of depression is you don't ever go around other people mm-hmm. and you just seclude yourself. And it's you know, it, it's yeah. yeah, it's kind of a, yeah. a, a feedback loop. Yeah, you know that kind of right. thing. And right. <clears throat> we're it's it's helpful not just you know on, on an individual level to have some type of contact with with fellow believers mm-hmm. but even when you look at it from a from a cultural aspect um i remember i think it was uh i want to say it was alexis de tocqueville he was writing about um about the success of america in, in its early years mm-hmm. and uh you know, he he gave some some possible answers of was was America's greatness based on you know uh, a couple different things, and he says no, it's not based on any of that. It comes from the fact that there are uh, there are churches and there are pulpits and there are people in those in those pews. That's where the greatness of America mm, comes. And you nice. know, as, as a culture, I think one of the main reasons that we see such a decline in our culture today is because the the church is becoming less and less uh, important in people's yeah. lives, yeah. and and we're losing that that structure as a culture where fellow believers are coming together and encouraging each other and mm-hmm. and and studying God's word together and you know, building those cultural ties that really don't have. Uh, another venue to strengthen the way they do as efficiently as they do and as effectively as they do in a church setting. Right, right. I just had a vision in my head whenever you were talking, and I don't know why you may have said something to that that my subconscious um, caught, but how are we going to explain to God whenever we're, when, you know, if we're held responsible, <laughs> whenever we are in the presence of, of, of God, how are we going to justify getting people many many thousands of people to get together on saturday afternoon or saturday morning cheer like there is no tomorrow right i mean <laughs> let it go man just act just crazy doctors lawyers everybody yeah doesn't matter <laughs> we're all some of us wearing numbers on our shirts with with we're adults wearing numbers and a kid's name on the back of the shirt right. <laughs> that is just fantastic athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, and we we are all in, right? But yet we sleep in on Sunday. Yeah. How how are we gonna How are we gonna say? Uh, I, yeah. I I think it's even uh, a, a little bit more devastating than that too, because you know, I th- think of college football, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone, everyone has their, you know, their favorite college football team, and you know they wear the jerseys, and, and all these are secular universities that look at Christianity as like, you guys are idiots. If, there's, yeah, there's nothing about that it, yeah. that's useful. In fact, you know, they they look at at Christianity and the Bible and the idea of God as something that's uh, hindering progress. Well, they're teaching that. Yeah, they're teaching. They're that. not just believing yeah. it; they're teaching that. And you know. When we look at them, we're like, "Yeah, go college of my choice. Put the thing in the other thing, you know." Uh, and and we're like cheering them on, like, "Yeah, my team won, yeah." And, and but they look at us and like, "There's nothing about you that we want in our society." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's true. you know when we stand before it's God, we're like, "Why did you stand up yeah. on a Saturday oh and gosh. cheer?" cheer them on like there was no tomorrow oh, and gosh, you had difficult and when they don't even like you I know. 
and they, and they announce that to the world. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I, I don't think about that a lot, but I think it's a fair thought. Mm-hmm. You know, and Pastor brings that up a lot on, on stage. Yeah. You know, look, Sunday is Sunday. I mean, you know. Right. Uh, anyway, he has the same conversations we just had. Yeah. You know, he, or not conversations, <laughs> but he brings that to everybody's attention and says, well, you know, hey, look, there is not a bigger Alabama fan that I know of right. than, than Pastor Godfrey. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. there, there is not. So, But he says the same thing, you right. know, in so many words. But anyway, um, Josh, we're at 50 minutes right now, buddy. Okay. You did a good job of bringing all that together in in, in, a, in a short period of time. Man, there's That's so good. much. There's so much yeah. I missed, though. Well, it, it's. I, <laughs> I think you gave us some good good uh, good tools to to use um, whenever if that conversation comes up again, mm-hmm. our listeners are having conversation, and you know, I don't believe in organized religion. I think you gave us some good tools to at least the confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to know also if we're gonna. Um, uh, talk to people about Christ. We need to know where did it come from. Right. Why do we meet on Saturday? That's a fair question. Mm-hmm. A very fair question. You know, why do we meet on Sundays? Or yeah. Why do we meet at all? So thanks for for giving us those tools. You mentioned a couple other places: Beulah, North Pace. We're in Pensacola. Yep. Molino and Navarre. My goodness, in 2024. Yeah. We're gonna be four going more in 24. He said. Yeah. What was that again? Four more in 24. Four more in 24. Yeah. There you or go. Or four in 24. Four and twenty-four, wow! Uh, <laughs> big goals that we're we're reaching. Yes, that we're reaching. Um, the church has because church is important. Church is important. It is very important. <laughs> TV is important. We can see us on TV. Yeah, you know, you can see our see Pastor Godfrey on on TV. The sermons and we got all the social media sites that you might imagine shouldn't replace your. Uh, attendance at a local church, but that's right. Should su- it can supplement it. it can supplement yeah. it, and the people that are uh, that are um, that can't get out, you know, that's a great mm-hmm. great thing to do is to watch and to to, to learn because you will hear the Bible taught. Yes, you will hear the Bible taught whenever you see your experience anything like that with Marcus Point Baptist Church. There's no no mistake about it. Yep, and you can even use that as a foundation for your your weekly Bible study and yeah. devotionals. If if you don't have anything else, you can just. Take the notes from church, like like we do on, the, on this deep dive. We yep. take the notes from the sermon and we yep. dig into them. That's right, and uh, use that as a basis for for study. That's right. It's good. It's, it's a good place to be. Come come visit us or one of the other uh, other other um, locations and uh, pace and other places. But we love y'all. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to pray and uh, we'll take off. All right. Sounds good. All right, Lord, we love you. We just thank you for this opportunity to be here together, Josh and I together face-to-face and with our listeners. We just thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for the lesson that you brought through him, teaching us about why it's important. Why do we meet on, on Sunday or other days? Why do we uh, need to be around other believers? And thank you for the Holy Spirit and putting that, putting him in us and, and, and making us stronger and more confident in, in uh, our relationship with you. And we pray that, uh, that we will never lose that fire um, to, to let other people know one way or another. Lord, we just pray that other people will listen and, and this podcast will be uh, a tool for somebody to come closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. See ya.